Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Greetings, weary travellers. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing all right out there. Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, well, as I record this, um, Hurricane Dudley is, so, is surging through the bins, whipping up quite the storm, uh, which is a bit of a pain in the ass actually, because I had my hair cut yesterday, and it was really nice. Old Sweeney works his magic. I've got a decent do again. Loving it. Thank you, uh, thank you to Paul Sweeney for sorting out my hair, and thank you for Dudley uh, for mucking it up. Anyway. Before we begin, become a patron for early access to some of our biggest episodes at patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast. Uh, what we're doing now, we will give you, as we said, early access to our shows. Uh, so, so go to our Patreon page and uh, you can pledge what you like. There's the, all the things are on there. Um, and it basically just helps us keep the lights on. Any money that comes into the podcast goes back into the podcast. So uh, you're just helping us. You're helping us. You're helping us keep this wonderful thing going. Uh, without you, we couldn't do it. So uh, thank you to our, our patrons that we already have. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast and come join the game. Also, Check out our stylish Insane in the Membrane t-shirts and hoodies from buythatmerch.co.uk. Uh, that's the boys' uh, SOS clothing. They're now doing, uh, this is like a side side thing that they're doing, uh, and it's really great. There's some wonderful, uh, there's other podcasts on there. Uh, there's bands as well. Uh, they're really getting stuck in. They're good lads. As I've said before, it's ethically sourced. It's uh, vegan friendly, and it's very stylish. Go go and have a look. We've got a range of colors. We used to just have the gold one, but now we've got we've got red and green, and we've got the, the gray one and the black. They're really cool. So go over to uh, buythatmerch.co.uk and tell them we sent you. Anyway, here we are. That's the admin done. That's the best bit. Now we're going to get into the best of best of bit, the actual show. Um, my guest this week, I've, I've I, I kind of met, I think I met him, I met him, I, I don't mean going in comedy very long, so I was a couple of years in. I can't remember where I met him, and I just was he, immediately struck by how sort of stylish he is. Um, he's, a, he's a very cool dude, uh, uh, Dorian Crook. Um, and the more I got to know him over the years, the more I realised there's, there's so many layers to him. He's done he's done so many incredible things. He started out with uh, Vic and Bob, uh, uh, Bob Mortimer and Vic Reeves. He was doing a, he was he was working with them when they were starting out, and then went on to support them on tours. Um, and I, I was like, oh, I've got to get you in and have a chat about that. So. Um, so we had him in. Uh, he's such a lovely dude. I love him dearly. And uh, you're going to have a great time in his company. So listen to this. Coming up in a minute, it's Dorian Crook. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Hello. Hello. <laughs> You've got a proper sound booth and I've got a, you know, a, some curtains and a, and a window. <laughs> I like your wardrobe. Is it your wardrobe behind you? Uh, no, that's my. That's the back of the bed. Ah, yeah. very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, it looks like um, uh, yeah, very nice. It's very nice. Too. Uh, it was, gothic. Yeah, very church-esque. I thought it was a castle. Yeah. It looks like a castle door, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the trouble is then everyone thinks my, I live in a castle and, you know. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> well, it's a nice it idea, but, you know. <laughs> tricky to heat <laughs> mm, yeah that's the that's the only that's what puts people off isn't it yeah that's it it's the yeah all the, all the actual yeah <laughs> actual holes in the wall <laughs> um this is it this is what we do we there's no big introduction because we just do all that later on oh okay so we just have a bit of a chat that's it oh okay you know? so, yeah so there we are so it's um it, actually you know talking what? of castles i went to, i'm going to look at a tudor tudor house tudor no uh t- 13th century house. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. To, to, to move to? Well, maybe. Really? I want to tell you about the telephone conversation with the uh, with the estate agent. Okay. Do you want to hear that? Yes, I do. That, well, during the course of a three-minute conversation, she informed me that none of the things I said, that she, uh, she, she checked my address, and she said, that's no, she said, no problem. Mm-hmm. Then she said, uh, oh, you want to view it for no worries. And she said, no problem, no worries three or four times <laughs> and, and it was only about my address not a problem she says not no worries at all in fact oh well, yeah, it was can't... a routine it was a routine making an appointment you know yeah strange isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well you obviously got a great address well i was i was glad that she you know that she wasn't upset about any of it <laughs> <laughs> well can you imagine if she was if she went hang on a minute well, she's probably in the wrong job yeah <laughs> Because you, you've, have you always lived in London? 
most of my adult life. Right, okay. Apart from a year and a half in Barcelona. Very nice. What took you to Barcelona? Don't say a plane or a train. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> I was working. Well, I went there first to just to uh, improve my language skills in that neck of the woods, mm. and then the second time I actually went to work in an airport. Ah, uh, yeah. And use those language skills. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, can you speak yeah. Spanish? Yes. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Ah, I'm always impressed by someone that can speak another language. Because I could never pick it up. I tried when I was at school. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How yeah. some things. I'm the same with things like DIY, where you know there's a lot of people who are very good at that, and and I'm sure it's doable. Yeah. But it just the, the stats in terms of success just stack against me. And I think it's probably the same. I think it's to do with one's mind. You know, in in the same way that you could probably learn a language, and I could probably put a picture up. Mm. You know. Um, something in our brains sort of um doesn't allow it anymore no. you know whereas i found i found languages not wouldn't say easy but i found um i found it enjoyable i think that's what it was so i didn't mind putting in the work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I find it enjoyable now i know more <laughs> i understand i understand but i can't necessarily speak any language any other language but i can understand i can understand it yeah weirdly and yeah so i think but when i was younger i just didn't i didn't see the importance of it and now i'm like i really wish i had it's so important mm. yeah but but i can i thing is with me i can do i can do most things adequately like i, I don't really excel at any but i can put a shelf up and i could i can fix things and i can i'll get by I've got, you know, that's just, I always managed to be out, like, I've been skiing and I managed to get through it and I did it. Well, that sounds like more than getting by to me. You know, you're, you're yeah. you know, you're running yourself. If you can put the shelf up and it doesn't fall down, that's not just getting by. <laughs> that's succeeding, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose yeah. it is. There isn't yeah. any real, there's no in, in between, it, you know, it stays up. A getting by would be if it stayed up for maybe three weeks, the duration of a uh, in-laws visit, shall we say. That would be... Uh, and skiing would be if you did it once and you thought, if I get to do it a second time, I'm probably going to break my leg. Yeah. And that would be, but I think in both cases, you've actually succeeded rather than oh, getting by. So yeah. I think you should, it's, you run yourself down a bit there. What a great way to look at it. Well, it's yeah. often true of a lot of things, isn't it? At risk, you know, without moving into the territory of arrogance, I think for many of us, it's uh, often you need to, um, one neat well, well and we're talking about the brain obviously here so mm. it, it's nice it's good to um see uh look positively i think i know it's a bit corny but it's often overlooked because it sounds too obvious and corny that to be positive about things that um well maybe quite mundane you know uh yeah. you know and so, so so for me for example if i put a shelf up successfully because i've believed that it won't happen I mean, I'd probably be, you know, doing punching the air and ringing people up. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that, I might go a bit too far with that. But even there, if you, you go, well, that's quite good. I've never done that before. Rather than, well, that was all right. You know. Yeah. And, you know. Right. I think I compare myself. Like, we've, I've been skiing a couple of times now, like, for, for gigs. And and I did it. when I did it on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, uh, it, we, I'm it, trying it, to. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did it 
we were doing gigs in the in the out. Those Sam so, Moritz yeah, gigs are so hard to come by, aren't they? <laughs> I know. Now I'm saying it. I'm like I sound like such a wanker when I was when I was in the when I was in the Alps. Was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, I'm afraid if you go skiing, then you're automatically you don't have to you, you don't have to talk about it. You've automatically entered the the box called wankers anyway. So uh, you know that's it. Now you're now a wanker. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we're allowed to say that, by the way. We're allowed uh, to say you that. Can, obviously, right, yes. you can say whatever you like. Yeah, say all right. Like. It's, 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 it's our world. We, it's, we we say what we want. Um, but yeah, I, I I suppose I could. I, you know, I just compare myself to like, you know, there were children as young as three, just flying around like they were just born mm. on the mountains. And you just, mm. I suppose, you just compare yourself to that. You go, well, I, I managed to stand well, up. Maybe they were. Yeah, they probably were actually. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not I bet, they, I bet they couldn't. I bet they couldn't put up a shelf. Well, quite no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned you mentioned aviation. Yeah. And you're a big fan mm. of aviation. Yeah. Uh, not just you. Just lo- you love you love it. Well, you know, I've um, I've I I uh, I was brought up amongst it because mm. my father was a pilot, and then I. And I went on to, to sort of inherit a bit of that and then I and I got some and I got work in it which was nice yeah uh, over the years uh, so um, you know it's always kept me amused yes <laughs> the geeky side you know rather yeah. than the uh, you know uh, do you have a pilot's license can you fly yes in fact you said don't say you went mm. by plane when you went to Barcelona what you probably hadn't included when you said by uh, train or plane was the possibility? I did actually go there, tw- not by airliner, but once I flew myself there. Ah, I worked, see, I worked that's there. brilliant. Yeah, I'm showing off now, aren't I? No, that's brilliant. That <laughs> but, is... I mean, if you're on, the, yeah, I um because I worked there for a year or so, and I had to work quite hard. Didn't have much free time. I had a month off, and I mentioned to my people I was working with that I had access to this plane and they went well you could bring your fly yourself down couldn't you I went, oh yeah of course number of when you said that sort of eight times in the pub uh then eventually you have to deliver you gotta do so, it um, yeah and then i so i did and uh and then the next year <laughs> i f- drove there in a 45 year old car oh nice so um because I thought, well, I've flown there now. What's what can I do next? It'll be a bit stupid. Uh, oh, I know, go in a class, you know, a vintage car that won't probably break down. I was going to say, so, uh, did, did he? What was it? MG an MGB. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah, which is one of the more um, easy to have. You know, it's not. I mean, it's not prehistoric, but it's still getting old now. Yeah, yeah. Are they a little bit more robust than your average classic car? Yeah. Well, it's not so much that that they. I think it's just because you can get parts and what have you. Right. So. Um, Although probably not in the Pyrenees, uh, but um, you know I had good backup. Oh so, really? Um, well, I mean I've got someone back in London, England that I could ring. <laughs> All right. And he, he put a load of spares in the back. Yeah. For me, although obviously, given the previous conversation about practical skills. They were all in the back, but I wouldn't know what to do with them. So, uh, you know. Just, yeah. you just, have a, just a box of Rice Krispies. Just, just. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> How did well, you... I was probably in the gearbox. Yeah. <laughs> How did you... When you would do it with your, with your first ever... like Because you, you said like your dad was a pilot, so mm. you were used to flying, I imagine. Yeah. But what was it like when you started to learn to fly yourself? That must have been well, terrifying. Well, l- probably less so for me than maybe uh, most because I'd sat in, I'd sat in little airplanes with him, you know. So I'd sort ah, of had okay. an introduction. Whereas for a lot of people, their 
that would be a bit of a change from being in the back mm. of an airliner to sitting in the front of a little old Cessna. So, um, but then equally well, those people probably, if they were really scared of it, probably wouldn't have gone for flying lessons anyway, or at least no. they'd only have gone for one. But I did have a bit of a easy introduction. So yeah. um, it wasn't, it seemed like a natural progression, really. Yeah. Um, although he, he wasn't an instructor, so it wasn't him that taught me. It was because I'd went into work in a job where they taught you to fly. So, um, yeah. Wow. But that so was you, nice. Yeah, that was lovely. But, they, but that's yeah. the thing about being in a little a little Cessna-type plane. Hmm. I remember being in New Zealand, and we were taken up. We were in Kaikoura, and they'd had a really bad, there'd been a bad earthquake, and the town got shut off. And so oh. they, they flew us up to, to so we could have a look at what had gone on and the work that they'd have to have done to, 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 to you know, so to unblock the the access routes. And I'll tell you about when you're in these planes, it's like being in a car, like an old car. Yeah. It's so like the, the window was rattling a little bit and you, yeah. and you are literally, there's nothing between you and the ground. Well, and also for some reason, they always seem to be uh, the ones at the flying schools are the ones that you can rent are uh, invariably older than most people would consider a decent hat for a car. Yeah. Or unless you, unless you know, they're as old as what I'm talking about, the classic. So in a car, it's called classic and you polish it. So my car is 74, mm. but you're quite likely to encounter an aeroplane that's from that era if you go to a flight school or yeah. rent rental place, but they don't make, they don't go, well, this is a classic. Well, mind uh-huh. you, the amount you're paying, it might as well be. It's just a plane that they've managed to keep going. And um, it yeah, seems to be the yeah. norm. Yeah, it, I remember. I remember going to see Henry Rollins, and he was doing his spoken word tour, and he talked about um, he got he got. I don't know if he got left behind in a small town on his on the tour bus or something happened, and he had to get from this small town to the to the gig, and he found this guy with his plane, this mm-hmm. tiny plane. And he said, "I need to. I need you to get me to this this next town." And mm. so they take off, and the guy was like being really low to the ground, and he looked over his shoulder, and the guy had a road map. Oh, and that's yeah. how he was. That's how he was. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's not a bad system. No. No, I mean if you're flying visually and you're not up in the clouds, then it's nice to have something to follow. Really, that's true. You won't get lost. Yeah. Well, that, do you know what? Saying that, there was a guy. He used to do comedy, and he he had his pilot's license, and he was saying. He was flying back from wherever, and he and he was in the fog, and then he suddenly realised he was actually heading towards. He was going. There, he was basically heading towards the floor. He oh. didn't realise. What? Well, it wasn't what's his name? Harry something? No, Harry Denford. Mm, no, that's it wasn't what I was him. Because he name? had an airline pilot. He had an airline pilot's license, I think. Yes, and he had um, a, he had an old MIG in his garden or something. He said, "Oh, I didn't know that." Yeah. But, um, oh, so there was another one with a pilot's license. Michael, oh, his name was Michael something. He was also a yeah. dentist. Oh. And uh, he was telling me he was yeah coming back in the fog, and he suddenly realised he was he, he wasn't he was yeah he didn't mm. realise he couldn't see anything and was heading towards the floor rather than and he well, had no idea good. he got all dis dis disorientated. Yes, it has been um, unfortunately taken a few victims that in. Light aviation. Really? So you, yeah. you just feel it's like... one of the main causes, actually, because mm. airline pilots do that pretty much on a daily basis, because even on a, you know, even on what uh, what seems to be quite a nice day, they probably have to go up through some cloud at some point. So they're mm. constantly switching from looking at the ground to just relying on their instruments. And then usually at one end or the other, usually the English end, 
it will be horribly foggy yeah. and they'll have to bring them. So that's bread and butter for them. But most sort of leisure pilots, shall we say, tend to go on nice days, mm. as you would, to show your mates the view, and then occasionally get caught out. And so even if they've got some qualification uh, in bad weather flying, they're not very practised. No. And so um, if you look at the statistics, then uh, it, can, it has been quite a common cause of uh, light aeroplane Really? So yeah, you can't even you, you don't even you can't even feel it yourself that you're maybe well, the, you're, you know in the wrong the place. Brain, the brain the the brain stroke inner ear I think it is is not terribly it's a bit slow it's just not very good at um it's not very reliable mm. which is why they they you have to rely on you either you either fly in like following the ground and roads and or you completely concentrate on the instruments and you don't look out the window right. if you try and do a half and half then it tends to go badly wrong. Mm. Yeah, the oh, inner wow. ear is very slow to react. If you, if they do a little check to, uh, to the pro demonstration when you learn to fly, they say close your eyes for a minute. This is with an instructor, I should, mm. and then hold the control, see if you can keep it straight and level. And after a minute of believing your inside in, inside your head in your brain, of believing that, uh, most people are in a spiral dive by the time. Yeah. Oh my god! So it's too unreliable if you haven't got any yeah. visual reference. Yeah. Oh wow! I had no idea. Yeah. So oh. then, if uh, but if you're inexperienced and you're getting those sensations, and your instruments say, "Oh, you're turning left," but it feels like you're turning right, mm. which is, can happen, the, because you're more more used to following your instincts. People have gone, "Now oh, the instrument must be broken. I better go right," and then it, it, well, it, mm. you know, ends badly. So um. Oh, my God, have you ever had any? Have you had any? Well, I try and steer clear of um uh bad weather if i can but you know i have done some training in how to manage it if uh if it if it if it happens but i mm. try and avoid it you know there's someone else i know that's training they're they're learning they're getting their pilot's license now and i saw that she'd put up the other day that uh, they were practicing what happens when it when the engine stalls yes and things like that I'm oh like, yeah yeah oh, fuck that i couldn't yeah <laughs> well, Ugh. the fact even when i was reading it i'm like Ugh. No, I mean, I well, know you have to, but maybe it's not for you. <laughs> no, I'm scared of heights, yeah. Right? Yeah. so it wouldn't be. When mm. I went up in that tiny plane in New Zealand, it was, and even, yeah. and they did make a comment about weight. <laughs> I'm like, oh. all right, mate. Mm. Yes, well, yeah, you do have to because they mm. they can't take too many. No, and I was like, all right, mate. There's only three of us. <laughs> mm. But they were going. They were saying like, yeah, any, but I, yeah, I, I myself, I'm quite happy. Um, not learning how to fly. Um, okay. I like going. I do like flying or being flown. Mm. I wouldn't do it myself though. I think I don't think it's funny actually. Talking about accidents, we would we do a radio show on Islington Radio called the Tuned Up Time Machine, and we had John Denver on. We were talking about John Denver and what happened to him, mm. and he was in a he was in a homemade. They built it themselves this plane, yes. but they put the fuel tank. The, it was behind him so to switch from one tank to the other the switch was behind him so oh. he ran out of fuel and then didn't and then couldn't switch switch tanks which oh. meant he pancaked himself mm. and we were just like how did that pass any kind of test someone must have yeah. had to come out keep, he's got to make it easy yeah and but it's yeah. like having a car you have to have an mot and it has to be roadworthy yeah. i'm not sure if you do planes. i think they have some um exemptions for the home-built planes maybe i don't really? know in america in america there's some they're quite <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean if you want to make it 
difficult for yourself. Maybe you're allowed to. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't understand why you would. No. It it seems bizarre. Mind you, they don't have something MOT. like that. Should be easy, you know. Yeah, so you can't yeah, yeah. Wrong. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think they have MOTs and things like that in America. So, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But no, we don't think, know. No, we talk we, about stuff we don't know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> typical, no no way to start. No way to do a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I like, pride myself on not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, I mean. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a, it's such a. I admire anyone that can do something like that. You know, that has that skill. Well, yeah, but I mean, I admire pe- people that have got skills that you know. I admire people who can do things that I can't. So you know, yeah, true. I mean, mu- I, I found the world of music's always been closed book to me, really. So really? I watch musicians on stage and how they, and I sometimes get drawn into just watching the the movement of the drummer and the yeah. bassist and stuff. And I can't quite work out how the noise becomes pleasant, you know, and, and yeah. they managed to, they managed to work in concert, but they do, but yeah. I don't know how to do it. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of tradesmen shelf shelf putter up as plumbers and yeah. electricians and stuff that, you know, it, it, yeah, it's... it baffles me a bit. So, um, <laughs> But you've always been. Can't do everything. You've all, but you've always. Have you always been into music and and style? You're a very stylish man. Well, I try, you know. But and um, you and you've oh, always. Know. You know, I've seen you in like various things. Like you've popped up in various places, you know. And it, you are a very stylish man. And even that photo you sent me of you back in the when was that? In the eighties? Uh, was it when you had it? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very stylish. Yeah. Have you always been? Into, have you always been? Well, into I think your, into I think that? since I sort of was old enough to care, yes, mm. yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure why. No, probably read a lot of magazine, you know, music and style magazines in the eighties, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's and, that, and yeah. got influenced by them, you know. And I thought, oh, well, like, yeah. So there, yeah. there's something that a lot. That's interesting because a lot of people are interested in that kind of thing, but they haven't quite got the nerve to maybe. Um, carry it out you know to be you know uh, the line between somebody being stylish but i mean that i think you probably mean sort of eye-catching you know it's not just mm. well well dressed but maybe i've gone sometimes i've gone almost too probably gone too far sometimes but far enough for people to notice which means usually means doing something slightly out of the ordinary and that's well, the, the key but, word but, there is nerve having the nerve to do yeah, that. yeah and i don't know why yeah. because i'm not necessarily uh always very self-assured but in that area, I, for some reason, I am, which is odd mm. because, and yet, as I say, I wouldn't be very confident. But in a shelf, the majority of pe- more a much higher proportion of people would be, and a much lower proportion of people would be prepared to go out looking slightly ridiculous. Um, interestingly, there's a lot of people who follow it who probably read the same magazines as I did and know all the details. Mm. You know, I often get a nice comment from chaps in a pub or somewhere who are less flamboyantly dressed shall we say and they go oh are those uh, those trickers or those those kind of shoes oh it's lovely two button lovely three button there with the high lapels they know all the stuff mm. but they don't they probably wouldn't wear it except maybe for a wedding or something whereas i got into, i decided at some point probably because i read an article where someone else did so that's not giving me the credit um that said well if you're going to dress nice why just keep it to the when you go out to a party why not do it all the time yeah and uh you know including going to the supermarket and 
to, to take an ex- so and I think I probably read that somewhere and I I don't know who it was and I thought well actually that's not a bad you know mm. thing I sometimes didn't bother too much for work because not because they had any rules that said you couldn't but just because I thought no one would appreciate it and it'll just wear the arse down on the trousers quicker <laughs> than it otherwise would but occasionally yeah. I did or you get that comment, oh, oh, he's got a suit on, oh, you're going to court, oh, you know, and yeah. I, I couldn't be bothered because uh, they didn't deserve it. But uh, <laughs> occasionally I did. But otherwise, uh, and at send, uh, sometimes if I was going anywhere nice on the way. But then, yeah, and I suppose it also involves having perhaps the time to do it. In other words, if you mm. have a job that takes up every hour of your day that doesn't really, wouldn't benefit from dressing nicely and you have to get up at the crack of dawn to get there. Yeah. Perhaps not, but I always had work when I worked in aviation. I tended to work funny hours, so I often had a bit more spare, probably on the f- bit more spare time than most. Otherwise, I might not start till the afternoon, so yeah. I had time to get dressed. Or, um, you know, uh, I'd finish in lunchtime and I'd come home and have a nap, and then I might go out, in which case I had time to dress myself and not yeah. come straight in the work gear. So I've been quite lucky in that, you know, because you can't do it if you, I mean, if you're working down the mines 10 hours a day and then you've got you're going to an art gallery opening afterwards. Unlikely. Is it? Or no, no, it's not. But you're not going to turn up in your mining gear, are you? No, you know, you're straight. Oh, yeah, I've come straight well, from actually, work. <laughs> you could, because someone would think it was performance art. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, there is uh, a lot of workwear being worn now. Everyone's yes, it's true. Like the, yeah, yeah, all mainly, by pe- mainly by people who don't work. They've never uh, worked a day in their lives. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, uh, it's, but it's, that key word having the nerve to do that that was mm. that was the same as me mm. i read all the magazines i read all the books i loved all the fashions and the and all the details and stuff but i never had the courage to wear it myself i was mm. always like oh that's what other people do you know and now i'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit older now i'm a bit more i do wear what i want to wear and i get you get people asking like they'll say like that's a bit of a bright color mate and you go well <laughs> why do i want to wander around in in a bin bag i want to this is what i want to wear <laughs> yes. you know Yes. Yeah. Also, the advantage as we get older, although I still did it a bit when I was younger and occasionally got a little bit of grief for it, but it's very unlikely that, you know, a young hoodlum on the street is going to taunt me now because, you know, if you if you dress too flamboyantly, there's always the risk of someone choosing to dislike you and then thump you on the street in my 20s, perhaps. But I don't think your average street fighting man is probably going to be very interested in hitting me nowadays because it wouldn't look very cool um no. so um i think i might be exempt from all that <laughs> yeah yeah maybe as long as i think i am that's fine because that's what it's all about if you feel <laughs> safe it. you know yeah. yeah but i think it's people so many friends that will say that and it's probably because they're yeah. a little bit they want to be they want to really they'd yeah. like to be a bit more brave with their their clothes yeah i think it's that Hmm. Yeah, so I had um, I had yellow trainers on last night. I had a couple of people going, "All right, mate." <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. "Well, they match my jacket, and that's yellow as well." So, mm. yeah, like yellow. You know, it's yeah, it's having the nerve. I never really had the nerve. I used. To, I remember when Bros came out, and we all wore <laughs> Stars of Stripes shirts and the and the Rip Levi's. I did that, mm. and even then, because I grew up in this uh, town, Alpington in Kent, I oh, felt yeah. so self conscious. Yes, well, yes, where you are, of course, does does make a difference doesn't it yeah mm. yeah but i think clothing is very it's so important it does make you feel better when you've got a decent suit on mm. or a nice shirt it all it all helps with your with your yes with your noggin. yes yeah 
Yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. How are you finding the, all this, the chat now about mental health? I don't know if it's because I got older, but I think I'd probably worry more. And so I'm more interested in, you know, possibly if, when I was a bit younger and I didn't have any, didn't perceive any particular difficulties, you know, I probably would have, I might have been less interested, but that's a bit selfish, of course. But, um, mm. uh, I think it, I think it's good because I think it means that people who, even if they haven't got any particular problems going on, that they'd be more, they'd be much more sympathetic. Yes. Mm. And, and I, you know, I, my, my only, my experience is it's not so much about the over, the national. You mean you're talking about the fact that it's in the papers and people talk about it in, on the radio and what have you uh, more? Yes. Yeah, just I more mean, people seem to yes. be more open with how they're really yes. feeling about things. Yes. I wonder why that. How how long has that been going on? And I wonder why. But it is good. That's just something yeah. the media has picked up on, I suppose, or a few celebrity endorsements and that sort of thing. I think uh, it was just. Yeah. A, I think it was yeah. more. Yeah. I think people started to talk about the fact that. Um, life is pretty hard. Yeah. Really. Mm. And people weren't, you know, there was that, you know, when I was growing up, it was, uh, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be, you can do this, mm. you can do that. You just got to apply yourself. And that, that. And then sometimes you just can't, you just don't no. have that in you. Because yes. You feel shit. You feel sad. And, and yeah, that I, I think a lot of men, you know, suicide rates in, in yes. men is ridiculous. And I think yes. that's, that's, well, I that's imagine another thing, because... you know, yeah, and well, you mentioned men. Men in particular, I think, have been well. Certainly, up until recently, uh, the conditioning is that you don't emote about these things. More, I think, more so than women as well. Yes. So, um, yeah. But my experience has been when I've been a bit down, and I've I used to probably keep it to myself for those for that because of the conditioning. But I, in more recent years, I've told close friends if I said. You know, just to explain if I'm not maybe the best company that night mm. or whatever, and they go, oh, and I said, oh, I've been able to worry about this. And he went, oh, I worry about that all the time, and quite often it just takes that little trigger for someone to tell you that they've yeah. had that problem. In fact, in most cases, I feel bad because usually they sound like they've had more difficulty than I have, and yet they've never mentioned it. And I think, well, why didn't you mention that to me? He said, oh, well, I mentioned it to someone else, or I mentioned it to my wife, but um, it. In most cases, they seem to have had more trouble than I have, or, or, or as much. So, my only thing I draw from that is that, with my very brief sample, is that it's very prevalent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. But like uh, you say, I think like you see, it comes yeah. from that all our, our generations being told you, you, men don't cry, and you push that down. Yeah, you have to man up, and you have to be you. You have to take yes. care of business, and sometimes you're like, I feel like I'm holding on by my fingertips. Yeah. Yeah, even now I can feel. I can feel you're like, yep, yep, no, nah. no, absolutely, and no, it's also it's just it also it mirrored. So I was reading a book about things like this, men's feelings and what mm. have you, uh, and and it was mentioned a lot. Um, the conditioning in particular, yes, and it's true. Yeah, yeah, and I think also yeah. with there's also that kind of yeah that stiff upper lip kind mm. of there's you know and there's a. a, a like being when I was in this, I was in the, in the mod kind of thing when I was a bit, mm. of a, bit more of a mod mm. and that was more, I approve of, of that, you know? Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful, a wonderful <laughs> thing. And, and then, and then you know, the history of that, where that, where mod came from and then, and then, you know, looking, you had to look a certain way. You had to be a certain way. 
Mm. In that, you know, you could be. I don't remember yellow trainers being in that manifesto, but ah, but now this is there. You see, now we've evolved. I've taken <laughs> I've new taken mod. That I've taken the, <laughs> the the things I learned from mod and the things I learned yeah. from hip hop and the things I learned, and now I've got my own uh, thing going on. Yeah, of course, that's good. That's good. And that's I'm only teasing. You know, I'm only. No, I'm cool. I know that. I know that. Yeah. But, but there is. But yeah, I mean, obviously. There's a guy that I know, uh, Ian Moore, he's a comedian and an author. And mm-hmm. he's uh, he's still a proper mod. Um won't even wear won't even wear denim. He's that mm. he's he's that yeah, into it. Like it's a religion to him. And mm. but that you know, he that's how he is, he loves that. Mm. But there was still like you you couldn't be a you couldn't be you know, you couldn't be a mod crying by the bins. You know, no, I suppose out. not. No, you know, you no. had to be, you had to be seen as there was a way of being, wasn't there? There was mm. a, you know, and I think, I think it's good that we're being more emotional now. I think about it much more than I used to. Yeah. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Let's talk about comedy. Oh yes, yeah. Because of what we met, we yes. met at a gig. Yes, I, I can't remember exactly where it was. No, we can't, can we? No, yeah. but I do remember us gigging together, and I remember th- thinking you looked brilliant, and you were brilliant, and then I didn't see you. No, again. Um, but you, you've had quite a career. You were, you were, you didn't you support Vic and Bob? Yeah, well, I wasn't I mean, just. Yeah, I, I was involved with them. Yes, and mm. I, I used to do bits. On, I used on the tours with them. I wasn't really right. a sport actor. I was more of a. Uh, help her out, <laughs> and I came right. on and did. Oh, but I did little bits, the uh, the parts that weren't them. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, although I did no the best. I did at one point. They very generously. I'm not sure how I managed to persuade them, but they let me do the opening. I did a bit like that. I opened the second mm. half of a national tour with, I think, three of my gags, <laughs> and then they. But but they meant then they came running on and 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 booted me off and said oh you're you, what are you doing on you're supposed to be in the pub next door oh brilliant quite a nice angle it yeah. gave me an excuse to do about ten seconds of my normal fifteen or twenty minute act <laughs> so I was rather uh, proud that I'd done it in every big theatre in the country that's Even, amazing yeah I'm not uh, sadly I don't think it's recorded anywhere but, oh that's um, a shame you say you've only got well I don't think I think there was some filming like a DVD of the the show but I don't mm. think I was um. Yeah, but, um, so I can't prove it unless you were there. <laughs> well, it's in it's in Bob's uh, autobiography. Is it? Then you get oh, a mention. Yeah. You get a oh, bit of a, yes. you get a mention yeah. in that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. You know, I had not a lot of fun, and they were very good to uh, to work with. They were good to me, really. I mean, mm. I uh, they gave me quite a lot of support when I decided because I only did little bit parts with them just because I knew them at the beginning. I hadn't really got any aspirations to do comedy. Right? How, um, did, you, how did you? I was. So, I was. I went. I'd worked in aviation and air traffic control for a while. And then I left and went for a bit and went to art college mm. before I thought I better do it before I get too safe and steady. And before and I'd fancy doing it. And then I, w- I was doing a part-time course and I met Jim yeah. in, in East London, uh, Whitechapel. We were doing a part-time course together and we were sort of bonded over. Uh, it turned out we had a mutual interest in airfix models as we were chatting in the student bar one, one night. And then, oh, right. um, and then we hung out, and he did art and music and stuff. And then one time, slightly to my surprise, he decided to do a sort of cabaret show. And um, so uh, I think occasionally I got co-opted into sort of being the man behind some someone behind a mask or a bloke who dragged something on stage or something ridiculous. Yeah. And and I sort of got a bit of a taste for it. So I enjoyed being part of it, and I managed to sort of work in a little bit where I told a couple of jokes at some point. Uh, um, but that was a character called the Toff who always got booed off 
um, <laughs> where the audience used to shout. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. The audience used to shout out, fuck off, Toffs, because I told Corn. Am I we allowed to say that? On absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They, uh, we they, had they, worse. That was it. It was like while they were getting changed, I would come on and do a corny line addressed as a sort of drunken aristocrat. I'd do a bad gag and then they would come on and boot me off and the audience used to, there was a lot of call and response there in that. Mm. And so um, that particular um, <laughs> a groundbreaking piece of performance was, uh, <laughs> was not suitable for the TV show because of the swearing and mm. it kind of, the catchphrase was the most important thing. Plus yeah. they had, they did a two and a half hour show or so at the theatre by then and it had to go down to 28 minutes. So there was no need to keep that. So, that's fine, but I um, I think I'd got a bit of a taste of being mm. on stage, although I hadn't really made a lot of effort. I hadn't written my own material or I hadn't thought about it, and and so, um, but they gave me the taste of it, you know. Yeah. And so I, but because they'd done such clever things on their own, uh, apart from away away from the normal comedy circuit, you know, they created their own thing and and their own stage show. Um, they weren't part of that, the standard jonglers comedy store nah. you know look at the time out listings uh circuit um so the idea of trying to present myself to that circuit was a little bit i was a bit une- unsure about that for a year or so because i thought well that sounds a bit dull compared to what they were doing yeah but i'm not as clever as them or not as funny i'm not i am not going to create some fantastical world and have my own stage show because i'm not up to that um so eventually because i bumped into an old school friend who was doing it i did with a slight reluctance, then go and do the stand-up circuit, and um, uh, and got you know got stuck into it. So um, managed to get away with that yeah. uh, for some time. So yes, uh, that was that's how it all happened, and that was good good fun. In fact, you know, uh, although I let it go for a bit, um, I I think it's maybe time to dip my toe back in to that world we call stage. I think so. I think so. How about yeah. about uh, Limehouse in a couple of weeks' time? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come down to that. You come, yeah. You're on the poster now. You got Am to come I? down. Oh, yeah. Crikey. Oh, well, I'll have to then. I'm going to yes. send it to you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'd yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, I remember reading about uh, Vic and Bob, and the story, it still makes me laugh now. When Vic was doing a show, I think it was in New Cross, and he was doing a show, and he had planks of wood ta- uh, strapped to his feet. <laughs> and he was doing something called Tappy Lappy. Tappy Lappy, yes. And, I have and a feeling Bob they was were watching that. Yes, I think they may have worn Brian Ferry masks whilst filming, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yes, because of course, because he, when he started it, 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 it he was on his own. Mm. Uh, Vic, Vic Reeves Entertainment Express, Vic Reeves Big Night Out, yes. And I think I did some things. I think me and my girlfriend pretended at the time, pretended to be. Uh, well, most people listening won't remember this. There was a, couple, a, a talent show winners who became pop stars called Peters and Lee. In yes, seventies. I remember that. So we, uh, I think we pretended to be them, uh, and then yes, as you as you rightly point out, Bob came down and watched and uh, and and was you know drawn in and uh, with great success. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was an in- interesting, fun time. Yeah, but, um, I mean, because you were, were yeah. you because they I, so. I, when I was up the creek, I started there in 2001, and mm-hmm. I st- uh, Malcolm Hardy used to do the Sunday nights. Yes. And I didn't realise... I think who... I compared there a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you do the Sundays? Yeah, I think so, but I never yeah. had to, I didn't have to do the um, 
the dreaded open spot on a Sunday. No. Thankfully, I was spared that because I, because I, um, I'd done a, I'd been involved in another sort of cabaret show called Oki Koki Karaoke, which was um, a sort of classy end of the karaoke. Well, it was like a sort of singer's night, but sort of vaguely marketed as karaoke. And I used to do a game on there where I called the Yes No Man, where I got people from the audience up, and we had a, and I did a game. So. But to cut a long story short, I'd been on stage at Up the Creek every week for six months or so, yeah. and they'd seen me doing a, a bit. So I think the people who ran Up the Creek had a certain confidence in me right. uh, that meant I'd had, I was able to bypass the, uh, um, the, the the dreaded Sunday night open spot where people got booed off. Oh. So I Well, Malcolm would introduce yeah. you as like, yes. this next guy might be good, might be shit. Yes, yeah. Probably shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which, yeah, the compare school he went to. But <laughs> it was. Yeah, well, it was I'm a so, style. It was, yeah. and that's the thing. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm, I started my career up the creek because mm. it was such a different place to most places. You never knew yeah. quite what was going to happen. It was so off the wall. And, yes. you know, in the early days, obviously, Vic and Bob and Jules Holland and everyone, they, they would hang mm. around there. and They hang around, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, it was a Sunday night drinking hole. Sometimes yeah. I think. Yeah. So you were part of were you part of that? <laughs> yes, but I yeah. yeah, and I had and I did perform there. Yeah, and mm. um, we used to go there on a Sunday for a drink. I think a late drink, even if we weren't. Well, I think I'd been performing there by then, but um, yeah. we did. We were all living in South London still then, so we perhaps a little bit before you went there. Yeah, and mm. um, I remember comparing there once, and but at last minute I was supposed to be doing my act, but the compare hadn't turned up, and they said, "Oh, will you compare?" And I went, "All right then." And um, I generally used to stick to my script, but if you're comparing, you, it's not really right to just to, you know do your act and then. By the way, isn't mm. that? So I slowed down a bit and improvised and you know chatted to the audience. Um, uh, but there was a lady at the back, a uh, local lady dressed in a very um, garish outfit, you know, like all sort of glitter and gold and yeah. And she shouted something out at me. I can't remember what it was, and I didn't usually have much to say, didn't there? But and. But I saw her in the corner there. She's shy, bright lights, and sort of silvery stuff. And I said, oh, look, I've been heckled by it. Nothing very clever, but I said, oh, I've been heckled by a Christmas tree in the corner, <laughs> just to be a bit rude about her outfit, you know, because I yeah. couldn't think of anything else. But it was a bit cheap. But anyway, um, they all laughed. And then uh, I came off, and I noticed just out of the corner of my eye that she was with the biggest gangsterish looking oh, no. villain-type character uh, South London, South London, you know, and I thought, oh no, I'm going to get into trouble. I'm going to get beaten up for this because it's just one throwaway comment. But mm. of course, it's, and and then inevitably happened. I found I was at the bar a bit later, and then this couple were there, and this great big geezer came up. And she said, "Hey, I love what you said to the wife earlier." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I thought he was going to come Thank and God for me. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah." But it just goes to show what you can get away with when you're on the stage. I'm sure if I'd have said it to them face to face earlier in the evening, I'd have been face down in an alleyway somewhere. Well, but, yeah, you know. it's all about context, isn't it? It's context <laughs> yeah, and charm. You can get away stage, with murder if you're charming. Well, and if you're on stage, I think, well, yeah, a mixture of the two. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so did you, did you, did because uh, you haven't gigged for a while, but how were you, no. you were gigging for a bit before then when you were yeah, doing Yeah, about it. 15 yeah. years, I think, on yeah, most, right. nearly all the London mm. places and out of town, uh, did a show at Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. Um, with Matt Lucas. Oh, wow. Uh, where's he now? <laughs> Bless him. I'm sure he's around somewhere. Uh, yeah, he's, he's managing. He's managing. <laughs> I'm sure he's doing all right somewhere. Yeah. Get in uh, touch, Matt, if you want to. Just yeah. let us know. 
Yeah, no, he's fine. He is fine. I know. Uh, and Do you still uh, speak to him. Uh, yes, he's very loyal. Very loyal, and mm. uh, always keep keep in touch. And uh, he was um he joined me because I didn't have enough of an act at that point to do a whole hour show. And then I think the next year he did one with David Williams, and they all it all yeah. went very well. So um, yeah, um, yeah. I I think um, what were you saying? I hadn't done any for a while. It's true, no. But I've still. I still think like one of those people, mm. comedians or whatever yeah. they're called. <laughs> and uh, so there's still notebooks of rubbish scribbled down yeah. and uh, and what have you. Yeah. But that's so, I mean, actually, that's yeah. quite good because it means I don't have to. Uh, I mean, I just didn't want to. I got to the point where I got a bit choosy, I think. And I, I was because I always had another job. So I wasn't. Mm. I didn't have to do every single gig just to no. top up the wages, you know. And so that the trouble with that is it makes you a bit lazy, maybe. And so I. Um, slowed down a bit also i'd start, got a bit bored with hearing the same gags you know yeah, so. oh god yeah because it yeah. was all scripted i wasn't an improviser really oh really so i um so you do you're more of a storyteller than i was mm. aren't you well so i was and i was yeah starting to get a little bit bored with what i was hearing in my you know every night <laughs> and i thought it'd be time for a change so it's just taken me a while to uh, yeah. to come up with something but it's, yeah. it's, yeah, I know what you mean. People say, uh, I get asked all the time for advice by new acts. And I'm like, just, you just got, you've just got to make sure you've got something on you where you can make notes. You've always got to have something. There's, I've got yeah. scraps of paper. Yeah. I've got, you know, pub coasters. I've got all manner of things with bits scribbled on. Because yeah. it just, it's it just a turn of phrase or, a word or whatever, you go, oh, that's a funny word. I like that. I'm mm. make, I'm gonna, or, you know, a word yeah. you might not... No, I agree. You know, and that's... You must... Uh, yeah, and now we've got our phones. It's like you've got the notes section on your yeah. phone, but... Not quite I mean, the same as writing it down, I think. I do that sometimes with the phone because I don't carry it... Even though that would be my advice, it's a bit cumbersome to carry a notebook, especially if you're already carrying a phone. Yeah, And true. it can ruin the cut of a nice suit. Either. Yes, it and can. It that's why I'm, I'm so glad yeah. that bags became a thing. Yeah. Um, and... Um, so yeah, a bag or a piece of paper maybe, and then. But the trouble is, yes, as you say, you end up writing it on something that comes to hand, like, mm. and then you have a pile of weird-looking bits of paper and stuff. But then, but then the thing is to have a notebook on your desk so you can transfer it into the notebook, and yeah. then you can get rid of all the weird pub, yeah, pub paraphernalia, pub paraphernalia. But you're uh, right, you know, about the the cut. The, I really, <laughs> I I loathe seeing comedians. If they got a pair of tight no, jeans, just low seeing comedians, really. Yeah, yeah, just low. Them. No, no. When they've <laughs> yeah. got their phone in their front pocket or something in their pocket, mm. you know, take your, don't use, don't mm. use your pockets for that. Like if you've got no. a suit on, don't have your keys in your pocket. No, and is that so? That's you're mainly focusing on that, that sort of area when you're watching the comedians. <laughs> if they got a big old phone, and I'm like, yeah, it's in, yeah. Well, like, yeah, but not just comedians. It looks bad on. Anyone, it's terrible. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got your wallet yeah. in one pocket and your oh, dear, no. phone in the other. No, don't, get yourself yeah. a bag. Yes, yeah, and don't call it a man bag. No, that's don't my call advice. It. Yeah, because, a man bag. Ah, uh, or anything that's prefixed with man. Yeah, man, man shed, man this, man <laughs> man cave. Yeah. Oh, go. <laughs> that's what I say uh, to these people. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the, not you. I mean, no. the people that you are cleverer than that. These people that say <laughs> these things. Um, what? Well, uh, and also that I've had. Yeah, those bags that they call man. I'm mm. not going to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, were very being very popular in continental 
on the continent uh, yes. uh, for you know a decade. You know, in fact, I've got I got one which I call the like Spanish taxi drivers bag. I call it because it's a small you know uh, mm. thing, but you know Italian and Spanish men used to carry them around for years. Um, yeah, with good reason. Well. I don't know if they did have a good reason, actually, because come to think of it, they didn't have mobile phones in the 60s and 70s, unless they were comedians. Uh, or, they probably or had a lot of change, though, a lot of money. They would have been spent in Italy, yeah, yeah. 10,000 lira. So there um, you are, so that you don't yeah. want that, you don't want that in the, yeah. in the, in yeah. the um, pocket of your linen trousers. To be honest, I'm looking back, they didn't really have an excuse, but... Um, we probably need to do some more research once again on the, on the subject about which I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can't. Anyway, I think, can't looks, have... I think they look good. They still look good, even if I don't know what they kept in them. But um, but they look good. Well, at least, yes, it was keys and tra- change. You mm. don't want it in your trousers. And, no. you know, going back to the suits, those Italian suits of the 60s and 60s in particular, where the influence for the mod look narrow, a narrow, thin, close, tight fitting, uh, uh, affairs so yeah, that's why you don't want change and yeah. and stuff yeah exactly you like yeah. there's nothing worse than seeing no. that clump of whatever it is in your pocket no you know? <laughs> no not that clump of whatever it is no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, do you know what? I remember getting a suit and i was so pleased with it and i remember telling people look, look i've got cuff buttons that undo yes <laughs> Which, That's good. And it blew people's minds. And I'm like, yeah, oh, this is this is so. I don't, I've never had this before. Working <laughs> you know, cuffs, just, yeah. Just little, just Hello, little details like that. I mean, how often would you actually do that? You know, because you're not going to roll up the sleeves of your suit jacket, are you? No. We Unless know, you're, maybe you're, you're putting up a shelf. <laughs> uh, or your Cliff Richard. Is he? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, or Don Johnson from yeah. Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah. It was just the fact that they worked. I didn't use them. But I no. just like it well. I mean, that... I think I was talking, thinking of the. I made the presumption there that you, if you were putting up a shelf, that you wouldn't be wearing your best suit. But my dad, who was probably a little bit old-fashioned in, even in his day, but it wasn't that quite so long. Uh, he used to always wear a tie until certainly when I was about ten, which would have been in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, he was, but only he's only uh, he wore a shirt and tie all the time. His only concession, if he was doing DIY, was that he would put on. A, uh, a, V-neck, a what do they call it? a V-neck tank top type thing, or yeah. a card cardigan type? A, no, a, a V-neck jumper as opposed to his suit jacket because he was climbing up a ladder and putting creosote on. He still <laughs> had a tie on. <laughs> you, did got, put, you did put a, a shirt, an old shirt on, back to front. No, like he used to do in art, art, cl- yeah. art class. So, um, but yeah, but um, uh, yeah. So I think it was only in late late seventies or eighties that he decided to sort of go with the modern trend and and go a bit casual and have a polo neck but um <laughs> he never wore jeans or anything and that's so um no my grand yeah. my granddad lewis uh mm. he he was always immaculately turned out mm. and he always he always smelled of sandalwood and he oh. would even when he was but when he was doing the garden he said a shirt and tie on uh he'd have he'd put on like a um like, uh, like dungarees like bib and braces that of thing yeah that's what he'd wear. There'd be his gardening. That'd be his gardening attire, but still with a shirt and tie. Yeah. Still with his, still with his bro, his, his immaculately polished brogues. Mm. And that is how he. That's just that's he, for gardening. Yeah. Yeah. But you see old photos of of people. Yes. They look well, when, was... they, when they were fourteen and they look sixty five because they're all yeah. wearing suits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know what this. I don't know whether those pictures will look. It'd be interesting to know. Uh, you tend one tend if if you one has a bit of nostalgia, as I do, 
but and you look at old pictures like that and now we all like them because they look a bit weird mm. but i wonder what and eventually so all the color photos you've got in your family albums they don't look so exciting because that looks too recent but i suppose a point it's almost got to the point now people put up their pictures in the 70s they go oh look at the flares oh yeah yeah and i suppose eventually whatever people are wearing now will yeah will look like that but it it doesn't seem to be so homogenous uh that, you know, because everyone seemed to dress almost the same then. So, I mean, yeah. the suits, the men in the suits were, especially in a black and white photo, because you couldn't see the colour. I don't think there was a huge amount of colour range no. <laughs> in the 50s and 60s. Various shades of grey, uh, but they weren't doing anything very flamboyant. So, um, uh, there was, uh, I wonder what they'll look like now. You know, puffer jackets and t shirt Well, there'll be a lot of logos. That'll be the... Yes. That'll be yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though when yeah. you when you look at, I went to the Lee Bowery exhibition a couple of weeks ago oh yeah in the chapel yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and when you, you so you imagine someone like him being around at that that, that this is why I used to go to that club that he uh, did you he used to turn up at oh not the one not not Taboo the one that came after it was in the in the same building and it was virtually right. the same but yes wasn't Zap or Blitz, was it Blitz Zap uh, no, I would that I went to, well, I was the tail end of Blitz. I was a bit of a, an arrivist, a bit of a latecomer. Yeah. So I was living in out of London. I hadn't moved to London at that point. So I don't think I would have been cool enough to have got in in the first year. But I think yeah. by the time I turned up, they were letting anyone in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, it, it was something, it was on my, want. you know, I wanted to get there. And um, and I, I liked all that. And, yeah, and I used to find it. But I feel felt I was a little bit um, not quite cool enough, you know, at that mm. point. But I managed to sort of. I could keep on working at it. You're also <laughs> cool in your own way. But imagine mm. someone... You know, this oh, he, those... he was uh, on a different level, you know. I mean, there yeah. was no... Yeah. But someone like that, when you, like you just said, uh, even when we, even like back in the in the 70s, you know, it all gone very... It was all very kind of, you know, like we had prog rock and it was all very dark. It seemed dark and dingy. There was a lot of brown... An orange, mm. you know, and then so someone like so that's why punk was so shocking because it was so it was so the opposite to what was happening to people in everyday life, and then things like the New Romantics and and that came from that was such a departure mm. from from the you know the greys and the and the blacks and the yes browns, I liked you know, all that so, yeah yeah mm. I love all that and again it goes back to what you're saying about having the nerve mm. whereas you know, someone like Lee Barry didn't give a fuck. Mm. And I wish I was a bit more like that. Mm. You know, mind you, a bit, I am a bit with my yellow trainers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no point. In, I mean, and also you want to be comfortable with it, you know. So, I mean, he had to not care because I mean, his was his was at the extreme end of unusualness, wasn't it? So you yeah. might not want to, you might not want to go that extreme. You might just want to, you know, turn a few heads. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Certainly, yeah. I think it's. I think as I, I feel, I, I give less of, less of a fuck now. I'm older. Mm. Whereas growing up I was a mm. bit more. Yeah, I have more nerve now than I did. Yeah. So we're just yeah. you're just you just got time to be cool, but it, as you give less of a fuck uh, in subsequent years, then you'll just turn into a mad old eccentric. You're just in that ha- happy window now that you're still able to actually be cool. Yeah, uh, but be, believe me, that won't last long. I'll end up like Soho George, just wandering around. I mean, he's a every time I see him, he he, he takes my breath away. He's brilliant. It's, oh, uh, I think I know who you mean. Well, he wears yeah. a zoot suit all the time. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. 
So that's something else as well. So, much, you know, yes. yeah, like, I'm glad he's still around. And there's a few yes. characters, but they're all because Soho's changing now. At such a, it used to be. There's still pockets that are still interesting, but it's becoming so. Well, it's just having the life kicked out of it, isn't it? Mm. You know those places, and well, everywhere. Yeah, which is a shame because the people that are in charge of these places haven't. They don't have any taste. No, you know, like you know, build like developers and things like that. It's all about no. the money, and they don't. Well, yeah, you'd hope that the councils would have some barrier to that. So yes, I, I used to say to people, I think that these developers making everywhere bland, and I was going, don't. Don't they have any? Well, I, I actually naively said, "Well, don't they have any taste? Don't, don't they want to go to a nice shop occasionally rather than a mm. bland chain shop?" So I was thinking, because they, they've got to live somewhere, yeah, and uh, maybe they would, um, they might suffer themselves if they completely may destroy the high street. But then I thought, oh, actually, they probably live in one of those horrible so-called executive homes out in Surrey somewhere, and yeah. they probably don't go to any shops because yeah. they're such. There's a word I probably can't use on here. That I was going to use. They're probably such um, that Cunt. word. Yeah, that's the one. I, yeah. uh, We've said it a lot. I had We've my finger on it. I had my. It was on the tip of my tongue. And uh, you're yeah. such a gentleman. Well done. Well yes. done. Um, they, they are such uh, examples of that yeah. phenomenon that, um, <laughs> that they uh, they end, they probably live in a really bad taste but expensive house, mm. and they just go home in a perhaps chauffeur-driven car and. Um, they have some food made for them, and they don't. And they may have entertained their few friends that they have around fellow developers. Presumably, uh, they might have them around for dinner. But I don't suppose they actually do walk down the pub. So they probably. So they don't care. So they no. probably just sitting at home, counting their money, and looking at obscenely large televisions. This is it. It's all about. It's yeah. more about the accumulation and, of wealth, and it's all about yeah. that. Yeah, they don't give a shit about interesting no. places to go, and I think that's what's happening mm. with London. Mm all the interesting people are getting pushed out because you can't afford to live there anymore. No. You know, it's, 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 it's a real shame. And all the interesting places are going, you know, like places like I'm still, I'm glad that Trish's is still going and, mm. and Jerry's and places like that, but it's, they're dwindling and it's a shame. Yeah. Hopefully they'll pop up somewhere else. These interesting places, maybe. Well, yeah, there are, there is some, I mean, uh, yes, I'm sure there'll be some younger impecunious people who will try and make something happen somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, the counter argument is that, which I don't really go with because I do get upset about that. But usually it is that something gets pushed out. And so, as, you know, this old story of the, you know, the artist going to the East End and then making Shoreditch sort of briefly interesting and then very trendy and then bland as everywhere else. Yeah. And then they probably go to somewhere else. And, you know, I don't know, there was probably a point when Soho may have been that place. Um, if somebody's able to do it somewhere else and it, and it happens, you know, I suppose you can't expect time to stand still, but in general, I'm in agreement with you that yes, somebody's destroyed it for the sake of a few more million in the bank. Mm. And I doubt that I wouldn't mind, begrudge them having the money, but they probably won't spend it very well. No, that's it. Got, exactly. Yeah, you know, um, so they're horrible. Yeah, but um, you know, <laughs> if only uh, they were more like us. If only well, they were more like us. Right. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and well, of course, the other thing we have to do and message to everyone is if you've got places like that that you like that are still going and it might not be nightlife like you're talking about but it might just be a nice grocer's or cafe mm. um go and use it yeah because you know if they look like they're on their last legs then that extra six pounds a couple of times a week that you spend might stop uh, if a few other people do it 
it might stop it happening. Exactly. Um, exactly. Know, I do get a little bit annoyed when, I mean, because the conversation we're having is, is, you know, well rehearsed in the sense that, you know, a lot of people get upset about mm. the decline of the high street. But what I don't particularly like is if the same people later on in the conversation then recommend that I go and buy, I go buy something on Amazon. Um, because, <laughs> you know, the t- two doesn't really, you know, the one no. leads to the other. So exactly. as well as well as well as the developers, there's that that sort of thing. So um, you've got to think these things through and maybe make make a few, even a few sacrifices, such as yeah, yeah, know, yeah. walking or cycling a bit further to uh, to buy the stuff at the nice place. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah put mm. a bit of effort in. Yeah, and then, and then you, you'll have nice things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have to go that far. It should be on every corner that something nice. But you know, unfortunately. The damage is done, and we just have to work hard to retain that little bit that's left. Yeah, um, that's a great. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that's it. That's exactly yeah. it, and it's a wonderful way to finish. Brilliant, <laughs> Dorian, yeah. you've been fantastic. You smashed this. Oh, <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Wow. Where Thank can you. we can we find you on the socials? Are you on all of those? Uh, well, not in well, not in a very uh, not in a kind of advertising work kind of way. Oh, yeah, I mean. If anybody if listens probably, to it, if you it, type when, my name into yeah. Facebook, you'll find me. But you know, yeah. I don't think it'd be very interesting to anyone unless they want to see my holiday. <laughs> they could just come round and see my holiday slides if they want. I'll give you my address. How about that? <laughs> just come round for tea. Yeah, I'd rather that to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, in fact, if anyone can work, oh no, it's not on. We're on radio, aren't we? I can say they can't work out from the, yeah. the bed uh, design. But um, if anyone yeah. wants to come round for tea, they can write into your radio yeah. station. Drop us a line. Drop us you know, a postcard. Have you got a Have you got a PO box for that sort of thing? We do. We do. Yeah. We have the We have the yeah. studio address that we send things to. Well, we yeah, and then I'll, I'll I'll assess the handwriting to work out if they're mentally unstable or not. <laughs> and uh, if they are, I'll invite them round. Going round to Dorian's for tea. What a lovely. There's well, a There's Gilbert a book. And George used to be in the phone book, didn't they? I used, I remember drinking in the Golden Heart in hmm. in um, Spitalfields and. Hmm. Being we and uh, Gilbert and George were at the bar, and they were fucked, like properly <laughs> fucked. And normally, when you see them on the TV, they've got their they're all buttoned up, and they're all you know they're doing their thing. They were absolutely bollocks. <laughs> but they used to happily have their phone, their address, and phone number in the really in the phone book. You know, you remember the phone book, don't you? I do. Uh, yeah, book. and uh, most people with any sort of visibility would probably be ex-directory as it was called mm. and uh they've said no and if, if somebody could knock on their door and ask if they could come around amazing and i think they used to possibly i'm not sure but i think i have a feeling they might have said yes i can't remember don't That's quote fantastic. me on that oh hang on i'm on national radio <laughs> oh no yeah well there was also uh didn't stan... steve right oh. <laughs> <laughs> was it stan laurel they did uh, stan laurel used to be in the book as well and people used to ring did him he? up oh and he would just chat to them He'd yeah. have a massive conversation with everybody that <laughs> rang about all sorts. I mean, how well, wonderful nice. is that? Yeah. That's, that's, that's so good. nice. Yeah. Uh, but this has so, been great. Yeah, I don't Thank have you. a big social media presence, at least in you know, in terms of not publicly anyway. No, but yeah. you will be with us in Limehouse at the uh, yeah. Star of the East, 20, uh, Feb twenty third. Oh yeah. Yes. I'm Steph, only going to do a little bit though. Remember? I know. I remember. We've I've we, I've already briefed Vix uh, Layton. <laughs> this is all she already knows. You're going to step in a couple of minutes and you're going to disappear again yeah. like mist under a door. Yes. <laughs> but it'd be a pleasure to have you down. Thank you, Dorian. This has been lovely. Thank you, mate. My pleasure. My pleasure entirely. Insane in the membrane.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.